Oh. Welcome to Book Talk, etc. A podcast bound to grow your TBR. <laughs> <laughs> when that coffee kicks in. Welcome to Book Talk, etc. A podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina from TBR, etc. And this is my co-host Renee from It's Book Talk. This is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. Today, we're talking about popcorn thrillers, books that keep you turning the pages and feel impossible to put down. We're a new podcast, so if you like what you hear, we'd love for you to follow us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, Tina. Hello. Well, do I sound different today? No. Okay. Well, I am coming to you live from my parents' house. Please excuse the elliptical in the background and everything else. It's just interesting. You know, of course, I used to go into an office five days a week, but now with the pandemic for the last year, I have been very, very lucky to work from home. But with the baby, that has evolved in terms of where I end up working. So I have been coming to my parents' house a couple of days a week, and I have to say I love it. I feel like I spend so much more time with my parents and I get to see my baby. Best of all, I feel like I have a better work-life balance now that I'm not commuting two and a half, three hours a day. Um, And I think I'm more productive as a whole. It actually ties into something that I was reading yesterday. This was an article and it was from Anne Helen Peterson about the future of work from home. It's really interesting to think about how the pandemic might've changed some people's work lives for good. And I realize this is a very privileged point of view. For me, it was interesting to think about, you know, some jobs really can be done remote and what that looks like. And so her article was all about how the future of remote work will be anything but lonely and how right now, while people are still largely social distancing, it might look a little bit different when things open up. Um, And her proposal was maybe two or three days a week in the office, depending on the needs of the job that week, a day in your actual home, and then a day with friends doing work together, even if you guys work in very different settings, but still having that social aspect and taking calls and doing what you need to, but like working together in someone's house or working back in a coffee shop. And so it was just really interesting to me. I guess I'm just hope I'm able to arrange something similar down the line. Well, that was, that, it, that was really interesting. Did you, mm-hmm. were you commuting two to three hours a day? Yes. Two to three hours a day. Yeah. Before I worked downtown Chicago. So I would drive my car to a metro station and then I would take the train down to the city and then I would walk from the metro station to my office. So all told, it was probably about an hour 15 each way. Oh gosh. And that's like a good commute, to be honest. And I loved my train. Um, don't get me wrong. I actually kind of miss it in some ways because that was a my reading uh, time. That's what I there's was just gonna else. ask. Were you reading? Mm-hmm. I was. And there's nothing else I can do really on a train, you know, other than read or listen to a podcast. I do miss that, but not that much. <laughs> I think I've been able to fill my time in other ways besides commuting. So I'm just very curious and interested to see how how this looks, you know, even next year or, or, you know, what's going to happen. Well, I hope you get to have that balance. That sounds. Thank you. And I can tell, I I can tell it makes you happy. It does. It's so great. Right. It's, it's something I never would have. And again, like I, I have this weird push pull because I feel guilty. Like there's so many people that aren't working and lost their jobs and can't do this. And I feel very 
privilege to have that, but also it's my reality. Right. I just thought I would share that one with you. Yes. Thank you. So what's you bet. What's going on with you this week? I have a new obsession to mm-hmm. add to my podcast as obsession. It's a true crime podcast. And this Ooh. came to me by way of Laura Tremaine sharing mm-hmm. in her Instagram stories, which is always fun when people ask other people for recommendations and then the rest of us can benefit by, so right. I'm not sure who recommended it to her, but the podcast is Tom Brown's body. I've never heard. I of hadn't it. either until okay. two days ago. And I've now binged five episodes in a row. Nice. It is the true story of a an 18-year-old college or almost college student. So he was a high school senior in Texas in 2016. I've never heard of Canadian Texas, but that's where it's set in the panhandle. <laughs> I haven't I either. I don't want to tell a whole lot, but he literally vanishes one night. And so the podcast is put out by Texas Monthly. Skip Hollinsworth is the host. He's very good. It is structured in in a way of, of like the episodes are rabbit holes. So you, you think like, okay, this seems pretty straightforward. And then it's not, and then somebody's keeping secrets and then everybody's keeping secrets and it's so good. This reminds me of, did you get into years ago that podcast called S-Town? Yeah. Oh, yes. That kind that, of reminds, what, what you're describing mm-hmm. reminds me of S-Town. And I loved that. This is, is it, it is similar, um, okay. but without that, without that type of personality, sure. um, which he was. He was he such was a force. So, oh, <laughs> he my was gosh. Such a, yeah. He was. So okay. this, this right, is very ahead. similar um, in its small town. Mm-hmm. So that's what made me think of it. What's the name of it? Tom Brown's body, Tom Brown's. Body. And I don't okay. Google anything about these cases. I gotcha. I'm waiting till the end. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I want to be surprised. I don't have any idea where it's going. So now are all of the episodes available yes. now, or is it still There's okay? Eight, okay. I believe. So it's a matter of you just catching yep. up to see. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll have to add that to my list. My, my ever growing list. Yes. Do I think you'll like it. So that's what I'm into this week. Okay. So my latest read is a book called Believe What Happened to Lacey, Crazy Stories About Racism. And this is by Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. And you'll like this. It was one that I listened and it's basically the story of two sisters from Omaha, Nebraska. And Amber, you might recognize her name. She left their hometown to pursue a career in comedy. So she's now in New York City, and she has her own show and writes and performs on Late Night with Seth Meyers. Her sister, Lacey, is still living in Nebraska, and she is described as the perfect mix of tiny, cute, polite, and Black that makes people think it's okay to say all types of crazy stuff to her. It's interesting because I wasn't sure what to expect with this book. I knew that Amber was a comedian. Um, so I thought obviously it would be funny, but I'm like, okay, crazy stories about racism. Like this can go a lot of directions, but really the antidotes and stories made me laugh out loud, but also obviously cringe because people are terrible. I think for readers of color, a lot of these stories will feel familiar for white readers. It could be eye-opening because some of them are very overt acts of racism, but a lot of it is some of that more subtle things that you may not recognize as racist. Amber is a great storyteller and I loved audio because 
her sister Lacey, who these stories are about, would also chime in and, and they'd have a little bit of banter back and forth. I'm not exactly sure how that plays out on the page, but via audio, it was great. And I think this would be a really good recommendation for someone who's looking for a book that blends serious topics with humor or even somebody that's new to audiobooks because I thought it was so well narrated and thoughtful and I got through it. It's pretty short. It was like maybe six or seven hours. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and that one was, you'll never believe what happened to Lacey. And then the subtitle is crazy stories about racism from Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. Okay. That's definitely on my audio TBR. Yeah. I think you'd enjoy it. I do too. What about you? What are you? Okay. Reading? So I also have an audiobook, which we didn't even plan to both talk about, no, but I feel like that'll, <laughs> that'll it, happen. it will happen. <laughs> we are audiobook lovers. My latest read is Too Good to Be True by mm. Carola Levering. It came out in March, and I would say it's definitely a thriller, more along the psychological lines, not along the action packed lines. It is marketed, well, actually, I don't know if it was marketed as a Gone Girl, but it should have been. One of those, <laughs> if you like Gone Girl, that's what it re really reminded me of, that type of structure. It is three alternating perspectives. You have Heather, who's a wife. You have Burke, her husband. And you have Skye, which is a much younger woman. I won't even say how she necessarily falls into the mix, but you do end up with two marriages somewhere mm -hmm. along the way. They are shaky at best and they get turned on their head. So I wouldn't even go into it. I, I, I think that's it. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't want to know anything else. I actually went into it not knowing anything and that's the way to go. So the, the perspectives are alternating and there are three different narrators, which make it mm -hmm. all the more fun. I would say that it was extremely well plotted. I didn't have any idea about any of the revelations. Um, I know some people have figured out some of it, but I didn't. So I highly recommend it. It's Too Good to Be True by Carola Lovering. Awesome. So let's get to the topic of today's episode, which is going to be popcorn thrillers. So excited. I'm excited to talk about this. I think that's a sweet spot for the both of yes. us. I wanted to talk a little bit about what is a popcorn thriller? It's not a traditional genre. You know, you won't find it under in Barnes and Noble under popcorn thrillers necessarily. And Honestly, for me, it's kind of hard to define. It's one of those things where I think when you are in the middle of one, you're like, you know it. Sometimes you have to suspend your disbelief and there might be some plot points where you're like, all right, I'm just going to go with this. Like, I'll allow it. Let's see yeah. where you're going with this. Also, you cannot stop turning the pages, which is, I think, a part of the fun. It's very, very addictive. I, I would completely agree. And when we started talking about it, I was even thinking... There was a category of popcorn thrillers, but there, but there really isn't. So it's, uh -huh. it's interesting how, but we call them that. For me, when I'm thinking of a popcorn thriller, I am thinking pure entertainment. So mm -hmm. not necessarily light because actually most of my picks are kind of dark. Oh yeah. Mine too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and not, not even... I don't even want to say fluffy, but just pure entertainment that reads really fast. Mm -hmm. And usually I, I don't want to put it down. So I would say that if I consider it a popcorn thriller, if I even do a straight five or six hour reading marathon, or I barely get up fast paced and bingeable mm -hmm. are my, are kind of my go-to where I think, oh yeah, I would say that that's a popcorn thriller and probably also 
I don't know. Like, I don't even mind if I get to the end and think, okay, that was somewhat unrealistic, but I don't even care. Mm -hmm. Usually I will say that. (laughs) Right. I find me too. Sometimes I'm just like, all right. There was a couple of coincidences where I was like, really, this wouldn't happen, but who cares? I also think too, for popcorn, I think of it as the food, right? Popcorn's delicious and probably not a lot of nutritional value. That's kind of how the books are, you know, they're delicious. There, you're not going to learn probably a ton from reading these, but it's fun, you know, and we all need a little bit of fun in our reading life. So let's get to my, and in the list, I would recommend all of these, but I think with popcorn thrillers to keep in mind, it's best if you go into reading them in the right mood, because a lot of these characters can be really awful. They can do some questionable things and you might not like them, but sometimes that's part of the fun. Okay. So My first popcorn thriller is They All Fall Down by Rachel Housel Hall. And this one is a locked room mystery set in a remote luxury house on an island. And so basically it opens with a woman getting called. She essentially won some contests to go on this, you know, desert island trip. All of the participants are supposedly at this house because they won a contest. You quickly come to find out that they all have their own stuff going on and may have been called to this place for different reasons. And maybe the reasons aren't necessarily pure for this one. Things go off the rails, like pretty much right away. You're like, okay, I know what kind of book this is going to be, but what stood out, I read this several years ago, but what stuck with me on this one is that the main character had a great sense of humor. She was really funny. Sometimes with popcorn thrillers, I get annoyed with the protagonist because I'm like, oh gosh, she's not very bright. (laughs) (laughs) Or he or she is not very bright. And it kind of bugs me sometimes. But this one, she had a lot of, she had a great personality and she had a lot of funny observations. She kind of was tongue in cheek about it. So the plot is unbelievable for this one, but I got strangely invested in the protagonist's well-being and I had to see how she would get out of it or if she would get out of it. This is a play on Agatha Christie's book, but I think it's better to go into it not making that comparison because it's not Agatha Christie. It's just kind of a, a nod to that. So this one is They All Fall Down by Rachel Housel Hall. Okay. That is that is exactly what I was going to ask you. Is this a, a play on And Then There Were None? Which yes. I haven't read, actually. Neither have I. I actually have never read Agatha Christie, which is surprising given my right. interest in reading. I don't think I have either. Now that you say that, but I did see the movie Murder on the Orient Express, which Mm, I really mm -hmm. liked and made me again wonder why I haven't read her as a mystery lover. I don't know. So this one has to be book serendipity because I had just added this to my audio TBR. Oh, I love book serendipity. And that means I need to listen to that soon because you just, Mm -hmm. yeah, you just happened to pick that. So, And you'll have to tell me what you think, because this is one where you really want to suspend your disbelief in order to enjoy okay. it. Just know that going in, but it's fun. It's a beach read. I think it's set in quote unquote paradise. So I think it could be really fun for summer. Okay. It's added. So my first pick is safe by SK Barnett. It came out mm-hmm. in June, 2020. And I, again, listened to this on audio and I would highly recommend that Brittany Presley is the narrator and she was fantastic. SK Barnett, I don't know if you know, is a pseudonym for the author James Siegel. And he wrote Derailed, which was made into a movie with Jennifer. Oh, movie. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. You're not so, under the movie. Yeah. Something to know about <laughs> Tina is that I literally never watch movies. I've seen probably 
20 movies in the last 20 years. Okay. Like I just don't, but anyway, but anyway, you, I'm, I know an, there are I'm listeners a movie that do yes. watch movies. So feel free. And I to- am a, I'm an avid movie goer. So yes. I have seen that. I'm finding it interesting so, that he wrote under a pseudonym because derailed was really popular. That was my question. I knew it was a pseudonym. I did not know. I wonder what the motivation I don't behind know. that was. Now I'm interested. I know. I'm anyway. not sure. But here's the premise. Uh, a kidnapped girl survived 12 nightmarish years and she mm-hmm. has miraculously returned home. Or has she? Mm-hmm. So Jenny Crystal is the main character. She's six years old when she goes missing. And 12 years later, escapes her kidnappers and returns home. I thought that the premise was so unique. Although we're dealing with a another missing child story, it is much different than anything I had read before. It's very clever. The less you know about the plot, the better. And I think that kind of is how it goes with thrillers. It's really hard to talk about without giving away spoilers, but also we're here to to kind of let you know a little bit about them. Yes. Tempt you without telling too much. What I have said when I recommend this to people, which I have a lot and people have loved it is when Jenny returns, there are so many questions. Family asks, they start to, to pepper her with lots of questions and what does she remember? And this and that. And there's one thing that her brother says that would be like, okay, like you need to read this. He whispers in her ear, interesting that you remembered that particular time with uncle so-and-so because I made it up. And then from, so from there, the story just goes and the dialogue, the pacing, everything was spot on. This is a perfect summer read. I thought I had the ending figured out. I did not have the ending figured out, which is kind (laughs) of par for me. Um, I don't think I would make a good detective, but I like it that way. So that is safe by SK Barnett. Awesome. I I read that one too last summer and I complete, was it last summer? Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm also one that's not very good at guessing the ending, but I don't try super hard to guess because I like to be surprised. Sometimes I'll figure it out just naturally, but most of the time I don't, but this one is a I could not put this one down. I think I read it in like two days. So I completely agree with its place on our list. Awesome. All right. What's your next one? So this one is called Lying in Wait by Liz Nugent. This has got to be one of the most compelling first sentences in a thriller I have maybe ever read. So the sentence goes, (laughs) and it's making me laugh reading it again. The sentence says, my husband did not mean to kill Annie Doyle, but the lying tramp deserved it. Oh, so that basically kicks off. This is a super dark, very dark book, but it's twisted. And it's a story of a mother and son. And basically the lengths that the mother will go to, to keep her family together. It is psychological suspense meets crime fiction and family drama. And it spans many years and it's set in Dublin, Ireland. So basically it's the story of two families that are linked by this dead person (laughs) that you find out in the very first sentence. And again, I can't stress enough how dark this little novel was, but it was an unhealthy relationship, but very fascinating. And I could not stop turning the pages because I had to figure out what is this mother going to do? Is the son going to be able to live his own life or is he always going to be pulled back to the family home? for this specific reason. Okay. I think I'm actually going to leave it there. It's like I said, family drama, 
pretty dark. And the ending, while I wanted different for the characters, I really, really liked. It was very clever the way she wrapped everything up. Okay. So this one is called Lying in Wait by Liz Nugent. Yes. You had me at the first sentence paired with an Mm -hmm. Ireland setting. Right. So Uh, if you do this one, I'm curious if you listen to it, how it, how it is. um, I may try it. I was thinking about reading it as you were talking though, versus audio. Sometimes if it's an Irish accent, Mm -hmm. I I can have a harder time with those versus British. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but I have not read this author. I want to read this. And I want to say this author is coming out with another one. She has several um, titles. I know this this is the only one you've read by her. Yes. This is the only one I've read, but I do want to read more. Okay. I am adding, oh, now I'm adding yep. to my TBR. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. She's got a lot. <laughs> you are welcome. Thanks, Tina. I mean, you already added to my TBR. Now That's you're even. here for. <laughs> okay. I have another one that I would love to talk about. And that is The Force by Don Winslow. Oh, yes. I love this book so much. I did read this one. Yeah. I read this one. I don't think I did this one on audio. I'm curious to, to know how it would be on audio. I bet it would be really good. So this came out in June of 2017 and was up for a couple literary prizes. So the Barry award, it was nominated for the Barry award for best um, crime novel. And then the Anthony award for best mystery novel. So, and just a little, Inside Baseball, because I knew it was going to be made into a movie and it was supposed to have already been out. So I did a little research. It is in, it is getting ready to go in production with Matt Damon starring. Okay. Even I could be talked into could that you? potentially. I, I could be, I could be talked into a movie. This like will that. play yeah. so good as a movie. So the premise is you have Denny Malone and he is a New York city police detective, highly decorated. And his goal is to be a good cop. He is king of the Manhattan North. He's a sergeant and he's the leader of what they call DeForce. So they're elite. I know it sounds funny. They're DeForce, D-A. D-A, DeForce. Okay. DeForce. Um, kind of like yeah. the bears. Yes. <laughs> so they're an elite special unit. They go after gangs, cartels, lots and lots of drugs and guns. So here's the kicker. Denny and just about every single other person involved in this story from lawyers to, to FBI, to everyone judges, they're all corrupt. Everybody Mm -hmm. is corrupt. They get involved with the largest heroin bust in the city's history. This is all not spoiler. This is in the, Mm -hmm. you, you find out in the opening scene that he is talking to you, us from prison. So he gets caught in the trap between the drug dealers, the FBI, his family, everyone. And he has to figure out how to get out or what he's going to do, or if he's not going to get out. This is very propulsive. And what Winslow does is combine like spot on dialogue with a fast paced plot Mm -hmm. and like dark humor. And then he creates these characters that are so morally complex because on the one hand, it's they're they're bad. But then on the other hand, they have like redeeming, they have redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. I actually had noted 
in my review that this is the perfect summer read, which it does not sound like it, but it was. <laughs> and also the writing wasn't perfect, but his storytelling ability, I could not put it down. But I bet I, I read it within a day. It, it's brilliant. And I did. You, and that's a longer book too. Yeah. I thought it was, but I, I don't know exactly how long it was. It was just mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. So two things, if you are offended by graphic violence and language, it might mm-hmm. not be the book for you. There is quite a lot of F-bomb droppings throughout mm-hmm. just about every, just about every section, but it didn't bother me. I don't know. Maybe that might play different on audio just for mm-hmm. that reason. If you like movies like The Town, The Firm, The Untouchables, or TV shows like The Sopranos, this would be the book for you. And that was awesome. The Force by Don Winslow. Very good. And that one is almost 500 pages. So if you were able to get through that in like a day or so, yeah. I mean, I think that's high praise. Is this one that's a part of a series? Or no, is it this, standalone? Is a, this is a standalone. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yep. What okay. is up next for you? Next for me is, okay. I'm one of those that can be talked into reading anything with lie in the title girl. I'm not sick of it. Yet. <laughs> oh, you're not sick of girl. I'm not sick of it yet. One of my other, uh, you know, words in a title that usually gets me is beach. So my next oh, pick is going to be, yeah. A stranger on the beach by Michelle Campbell. So this one had one of the hallmarks of a good popcorn thriller to me. And that's when you have characters that are manipulating each other, but you as the reader can't necessarily tell who's leading who, who's manipulating who, and who is lying. So for this one, you have a woman who seems to have the most perfect life. She has a rich and devoted husband, a beautiful New York apartment, a loving daughter, and a beautiful beach house. This is very early in the book. Uh, Her husband brings another woman to their housewarming party at their beach house and everything that she has built quickly begins to unravel. So she essentially is super pissed and to let her (laughs) hair down. She goes to a local bar and meets this younger man named Aiden. He's apparently a bad boy who looks like Brad Pitt. He happens to have a surprising connection to the land that their beach house has been built on. So one thing leads to another and they all get kind of entangled and involved in each other's lives more than they thought was possible. And so this was one where it made me shake my fist at the (laughs) dumb decisions some of the characters were making, but I had to know how it ended. I had to know how it all shook out. And that for me is a good mark of a popcorn thriller. This one was A Stranger on the Beach by Michelle Campbell. Okay. I like the sound of it. I think I've actually read, no, maybe not. Have you read anything else by her? I have not, but I would go back to this author. That's interesting. You say that beach is like a catnip word for you. Yeah, I'll I'll, (laughs) I'll at least give it a look, right? I'll at least be kind of curious. Like, okay, what's, what's going on? What happened on the beach? I want to know. Okay. Especially for thriller. Oh, interesting. I don't know what mine would be future episode, maybe. I know. I'm going to think, I think I'm the last, I think I'm the last person that's still like, Oh, Girl in the lie, <laughs> girl in the husband. I'm like, hey, tell me more. I don't know. I don't think it bothers me. I just don't trust that I'm going to get necessarily Correct. the exactly the the whopping mystery or thriller that it's marketed mm-hmm. to be. But that's okay. Yeah, exactly. I think it's okay, and I'm not expect like I know it's not going to be another Gone Girl necessarily, and I'm okay with that. But I'm still going to take a look because maybe it is. What if it is? I know I you never know. know. We can't <laughs> right. miss out. 
I know, exactly. <laughs> okay, tell me about your third yes, book for third. Popcorn Thriller. It is The Last Mrs. Parrish by oh, Liv yeah. Constantine. I mm-hmm. loved it. I don't know why I didn't read it sooner. It came out in 2017. I just read it last May. This is a psychological thriller. Setup is Amber Patterson is fed up. Like that's mm-hmm. the first first part of the premise. She so she, you've got a young girl. She kind of feels like a nobody, an invisible woman. She comes across Daphne who has money beauty, a very handsome husband, the life that Amber thinks might be really nice to have. It's also set in Connecticut in a posh town. Daphne is a socialite philanthropist. Her husband's a real estate mogul. So Amber kind of weasels her way into their life and things happen. And it's very dramatic and very backstabby. Oh, I love However, <laughs> yes, I ended up doing this as a combination audio and print mm-hmm. because I could not put it down. I was, I think I started reading it and I wanted to go do things. So I ended up getting the audio, which I absolutely loved. The narration was great. The, the narrative structure takes such a turn in this that I had no idea was coming and it flipped the story on its head and it was absolutely brilliant. So I describe this to people as um, the sort of psychological thriller that I like, which is no alcoholic women with Mm. amnesia, but just some serious sociopaths behaving badly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You sold me. Okay. You sold me. And I have read this one. I've read this one when it came out and I remember some of the points, but you're making me want to read it again. Cause I'm like, wait, that sounds good. <laughs> I don't remember I everything about it. It's and so I read fun it with my audio. eyes. Yeah. I did not listen to it. So I might actually, well, you know what? I'm not a big rereader, but if I were to, this would be one I'd consider listening to. Okay. Yeah. It And that was The Last Mrs. Parrish by Liv Constantine. Excellent. So what do you have for your last? My last popcorn thriller. Okay. So my last popcorn thriller is actually one that is a 2021 release. I got to read this a little bit early, but this one is called The Hunting Wives by May Cobb. And another thing that's like catnip to me is housewives behaving badly. I just oh yes, love it. Sure. You know, I'm a real housewives fan. And so anytime that's there's something that's like a little bit housewifey, I'm probably going to take a look. So this is a debut and I thought it was really fun again. And, and it basically is about a woman who moves to a Texas town from Chicago and she's just kind of rebuilding her friend group and is pretty lonely. And, and through the, down the line, she becomes invested in the lives of a group of rich socialites called the hunting wives. And she gets closer to them and kind of ingratiates herself with them and becomes obsessed with hanging out with them and figuring out what they're doing, where they're going. And eventually she finds herself in the middle of some serious drama and it's serious and it's kind of gross, <laughs> the things cool. that they get into, but, 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 but it's soapy. It's like a soap opera and it's very dramatic. And it did remind me of the TV show, Desperate Housewives, which I used to watch way back. Me too. This one I debated because I'm like, why am I loving this so much? What does it say about me that I'm so interested in this? <laughs> in housewives? These, no, not in housewives. And well, in these housewives in the book, I'm like, this is not good. They are the hunting wives because they essentially part of their um, hobby is to go shooting, like in a shooting gallery, okay. which is fun. But they are also literally always drinking. I've never seen so much alcohol in a book, I think. <laughs> 
So again, I'm sitting there reading like, why am I enjoying this? But heaven help me. I sure did. So I'll be very interested to see once more people start reading it, how people enjoyed it. But I thought it was perfect. Definitely a great read for summer. And it's, it fits our theme of popcorn thriller to a T. So this one is The Hunting Wives by May Cobb. Okay. You would have sold me, but this is already on my TBR. But I I really didn't know that much about it. I kind Mm -hmm. of, um, I add things to my TBR when I see trusted sources around Mm -hmm. who have said, oh, this is fun. And I'll just go ahead and add it. And I really did that with this one without knowing anything about it. But I love what you say, even though... I have no experience with desperate or not desperate housewives. I did watch that with the real housewives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you don't. And I know you I judge me, but they no, are. No, I don't. No, well, they are my friends. They've been my friends over this past year <laughs> when oh I couldn't my see my real friends. I'm like, oh, the girls are on television. <laughs> no, I, I think at this point, I think, oh my gosh, it's been on for so long. I wouldn't even know where to start. Right. So I just never did. Got it. That's fair though. I understand that. Like, it's like, feels like a bit of an investment at this point. Cause there's so many seasons and so, and many, so many cities and cities. Where do, you, mm-hmm. where do you even begin? I don't like, I don't know. You can watch Salt Lake city. This just began and it it's what, maybe 12 episodes. It came out in 2020 and mm, okay. It's a good place to get your feet wet. If you want to get into the housewife's world. I can't say that word housewives world. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. So I have another one, which goes back to 2005. It was published and that is Velocity by Dean Koontz. Oh, okay. Have you read any Dean Koontz? Believe it or not, I have not read any Dean Koontz. Um, His older books, I think are perfection as popcorn thrillers. So this one at the time was nominated for best novel by the international thriller writers. And oh my gosh, the premise is you have bill and this is kind of what Dean Koontz does, at least in the, in, in a lot of his earlier books that I read, he takes a regular person. So in this case, you've got regular bill and he is an easy, hardworking guy. He's a bartender. He leads a quiet life. He's happy with that life. Mm-hmm. And he leaves his bartending job after an eight-hour shift. He goes to his car, and under his windshield, he finds this note, which I have to read you this from the book. Okay. Here's the note. If you don't take this note to the police and get them involved, I will kill a lovely blonde school teacher. If you do take this note to the police... I will instead kill an elderly woman active in charity work. You have four hours to decide. The choice is yours. Okay. (laughs) So, okay. Can you imagine? My my first question, I'm like, poor Bill. I know. Why is he the chosen one who has to make this decision? Exactly. So Bill thinks it's a joke. He has a friend on the police force who he shows it. And he also thinks it's a joke and thinks like, just forget, go home, forget about it. Probably some nut who just, anyway, just put it on the windshield and there's no crime. So there's nothing Mm -hmm, he tells him to do. However, less than 24 hours later, a blonde school teacher is found murdered and things go from bad to worse for Bill real quick. He's pulled into something that he has no idea what it is. And oh my gosh, and thing, it, it is so fast paced. It is very kind of like heart 
stopping. You just have to know what is going to happen to Bill. And, and the way he writes characters, you want Bill to be okay. And you're not mm-hmm. sure how Bill's going to get out of this. Right. And I remember Bill. I started like kind of looking at this again. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember this. And I read it that long ago. Loved it. It was Velocity by Dean Koontz. That's a, you've got me on that one. When did that come out? When did 2005. Okay. I love when we're able to find books that are a little bit older, you know, that may not have been up on the radar when, you know, obviously I don't even think Instagram was out. No, it definitely was not oh, out no. at that time. No, <laughs> we didn't have social media. Barely. There was no, no. And I don't, and I think it wouldn't even matter with this type of storyline. That's that, what I was going to. Right. Would it hold up essentially? It would hold up. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because, because that could happen today. I mean, Right. We could walk, we could go to the library and come out and we could have that note on our car. car. That's another thing. I I like the idea of, you know, a regular person being thrust into this, you know, moral quandary where it's like, okay, do I listen to this? Do I not? Like, I I actually think that's a really nice setup. Yes. Good pick. Thank you. Good pick. Can you believe it? We are done with our popcorn thriller. I love talking about this. This was, I know we might have to, this could be a recurring episode because I just feel like the list goes on also to the listeners, please. If you have any recommendations for popcorn thrillers, please get them to us somehow (laughs) on Instagram or, you know, send us an email. Yes. And we're going to give that info at the end. Mm -hmm. You feel like popcorn thrillers are, are something that you really seek out for the summer. Yes. Especially. Yeah. That's all I want. Cause you know, your, my attention's not as it's harder for me, I think, to get into more literary books when it's warm out. Cause I want to be outside. I want to be, you know, doing mm-hmm. my thing and maybe I'm reading a few pages here and there. So, yeah. I, th- I think this type of thriller lends itself to summer reading. I agree. And even if we aren't going to the beach or the pool, which maybe Maybe we will. I know last year I read and listened to The Last Mrs. Parish on my patio mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. on a, like a nice sunny day. That's my favorite place to read is in our backyard. Yeah. And With, like we've uh, got these. Oh, go ahead. We've got these gravity chairs where you just lean. Well, I'm going away from the mic, but they're gravity <laughs> chairs that you lean back. And you, when I, I was like nine months pregnant, laying like a beached whale in this chair, just enjoying the sunshine. Cause it like, you, you feel weightless in this chair. And I was reading, I can remember literally I've, I read safe out there. I read normal people out there. Like I just had the best time. Uh, It'll be yeah. very interesting now that Lily will be one in the summer to see like, okay, I'm probably not going to be able to sit still and, and enjoy myself in my chair, but you never know. Well, yeah, hopefully you will. Hopefully you'll get some That's right. um, hours out there to yourself with a popcorn thriller. Yes. Sounds good. So do you want to tell us about your, you know, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you about my shelf edition for the week. Okay. And this okay. is, and this is a book that you've just added to your TBR. Yes. And I literally just added this to my TBR pile yesterday. My metaphorical pile. Is that the word metaphorical? That sounds weird. No, it sounds I mean, it sounds right. right. Okay. Because you, you, you do have a actual TBR pile, but you also, are you like me? I have a smaller actual pile, but a very large Mm -hmm. Kindle pile. Yes. No, I have a very large Goodreads pile. I mean, the Goodreads list is very long. So this is one that I put on it yesterday and it's called one, two, three by Lori Frankel. Are you familiar (gasps) with it? Oh, Yes, but I know nothing mm-hmm. about it. I just okay. saw the cover on Libro mm-hmm. FM. 
Mm-hmm. So Lori Frankel is the author of a book that I loved called This Is How It Always Is. This book, one, two, three, is about triplet teenage girls in a tiny town. Mm-hmm. And basically they're different lives and it's, it's it's a small town, but the town of Bourne became very popular and very well-known years ago when it had water that was poisoned, essentially. It turned green and it was declared unfit for use. However, it was too late for most of its residents because they'd already been drinking and using the water. So these girls essentially grew up watching their parents and watching their mother fight for justice because they had to live so many years with this poisoned water. It does take on the small town themes like often they tend to do where life seems to be the same day after day and Mm -hmm. nothing seems to change. Then a moving truck comes to town for the first time in years. And it looks like they're bringing in new residents. These folks are bringing up old secrets that people had tried to bury. And so the sisters essentially get involved in uncovering the secrets and fighting a system that is way bigger than they are. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm very interested on this one. Um, So that one's called one, two, three by Lori Frankel. Okay. What is it about hearing someone say their secrets or somebody had seek? And then my ears are like, Oh, okay. I'm going to need to know what those, like, I, maybe that word needs to be on the title for me. Secrets. There you go. Secrets. Uh Yes. Well, this one reminded me of, of course, Aaron Brockovich, the movie. That's what I was just thinking. Mm -hmm. That one I have seen. You saw that movie. Yeah. It's a real story too, but that's exactly what it reminded me of, except for this one. It's these teenage you know, sisters that essentially are trying to take on something that's much larger than them. So I'm very curious to see how that goes. Yeah. I I can't wait for you to tell us about that, hopefully, Mm -hmm. but yeah, thank you. I've now added what three books that you talked about today. (laughs) Okay. I think we add more than five to six books okay, a week. Right. That might, have been a conservative. <laughs> uh-huh. that might have been a conservative estimate. I think so. Okay. So what I have added to my shelf this week is called The Jigsaw Man by mm-hmm. Nadine Matheson. Have you heard of this one? I have yes, heard of this one. Yes. Came out in March. This would, I'm hoping that this will end up being a somewhat popcorn thriller, but maybe with more substance because I will have to probably think about this. It's a mystery set in London. This is a serial killer book and mm-hmm. it is the first in a series. You have you have a DI and Angelica Henley. She is in charge of a murder investigation in which body parts are being found along the Thames River. They start to piece together that this seems like the work of someone they had kind of dubbed the Jigsaw Man. However, he's in prison. Mm-hmm. Here's what's interesting um, about this, and I think could be potentially kind of elevating this above like a traditional serial killer mystery is he, the serial killer, Oliver Olivier, he gets word of what's going on and he is not happy that someone's copycatting him. <laughs> This is all kind of in the blurb, though. He ends up escaping. Oh, wow. I'm wondering if not only is she going to be going after the serial killer, the serial killer, the jigsaw man's going to be going after this new. And it's like, that was my MO. Like, don't take my thunder. It sounds very potentially twisty and I am here for it. Obviously, she's going to be going up against both of them. I can't wait. I love that it's a female. Yes. Uh, detective in charge. I love it. And that is The Jigsaw Man by Nadine Matheson. 
Excellent recommendation. That one's on my list too. Okay, good. We can talk about it. Well, right, that's well, it for popcorn that's thrillers. It. Oh my gosh, we did so it. fun. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can also help us by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps us get our podcast out to new listeners and grows our audience. We welcome all your feedback and questions about the show at booktalkedc at gmail.com. You can also connect with both of us on Instagram at booktalkedc, Tina at TBR, etc., and me, Renee, at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, go, go read, read something. something. Okay, let's get music. Tingle, tingle. <laughs> I just love that neither one of us thought, you know, we should listen to this whole song. I was like, wow, I like the first 15 seconds. It must be me great. Too. It's perfect. So. I just, this is I want like one review. I'll be so excited Mm -hmm. and we'll have to see. Hopefully the (laughs) feedback, that would be terrible if the feedback was like, we don't give a about you guys. Please talk about yourselves less, but you know.